With the first pick in the 2008 WNBA draft, the Los Angeles Sparks select Candace Parker. With the first pick in the 2011 WNBA draft, the Minnesota Lynx select Maya Moore from the University of Connecticut. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to Rebel Edition, your bi-weekly WNBA podcast brought to you by Sports Ethos and Outlet Pass. My name is Corey Rausch. I am a contributor and board member for Outlet Pass covering the WNBA and MNBA. I am joined by Bailey Caldwell and Carissa Ingram, my fellow board members at Outlet Pass. Bailey, how are you? I'm here. I'm making it. Carissa, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Yeah, you know, Monday, not too bad. Final is this the final week of the season or like the final like 10 days? We're in the home stretch here. So there's, there's oh, the that. Season. Yeah, that's what I mean, obviously. Yeah, I'm good though. So today we're going to kind of update over the weekend and some of the, the news and mess of, of the weekend that was. So Bailey, where, what do you want to get us started with? Do you want to, why don't you get us started with wherever you want to take this? There's like simultaneously a lot and a little to choose from. Mm-hmm. I want to start with. What happened last night in the Sparks and Mystics game? Did y'all see this? I yeah. saw the reaction. I did not go back and watch the game. Okay, so I wasn't watching the game live. I uh, took a took a mental health day from the Sparks game, and somehow they won. So I guess it's a sign. Maybe I shouldn't watch them. I don't know. They're playing the Mystics. Elena's playing. They're in Washington. I'm just like, it's gonna be a, just. It's not gonna be good. And uh, alas, you know, they won seventy nine seventy six. Um, and I, again, was not watching, so I didn't see what happened, but all of my, my phone started blowing up, my Twitter notifications started blowing up, like, Natasha Cloud tweeted, like, uh, find me all you want, our refs suck, and I was like, okay, I missed something here, so, uh, scrolling on Twitter, and I found the video of the last few, like maybe three or four possessions of that game, according to W Twitter, like the last five minutes of it was really bad, but the last handful of possessions were particularly egregious. Um, it started when Atlanta Deladon took a shot with, I want to say, I'm trying to think about like four seconds maybe left on the clock. And Olivia Nelson Adode got the rebound and was like flailing her elbow. Well, I wouldn't say flailing, but like she had the ball like wrapped up high and her elbows were around and like Errol Atkins was trying to wrap her up and all this stuff. So like people thought that there could have been a foul there. Um, and then Sparks come down, free throws. And then Asasha Cloud takes the ball up and gets it to about, uh, I'm not good at distance, but we'll say like, 27 feet from the basket or so just past half court um 
and flings it up, flings up a shot. And Jordan Kanda very obviously fouled her. I mean, it was not even like just a ball. Is, her hand is part of the ball. No, no, no. She got like forearm. Mm-hmm. And Natasha Cloud was incensed. She was livid because one ref held up a hand like it was a foul call. One ref also held up like it was a foul call. Another ref waved the game off as over. And like Tosh went to the tunnel and like came back on the court and was like having to be held back. She's like hollering and fussing. Um, and again, rightfully so in that moment, she was fouled very hard. And in real time, it looked like she got it off before the buzzer, which would have meant three free throws. Um, further analysis afterwards by someone on W Twitter. I can't remember. They had the screenshot uh, that it, she didn't get shot off in time, so it didn't really matter. But the referees didn't review it to confirm that in the game. So, like, there was no way Tosh could have known that at the time. Um, and so, yeah, and I guess I didn't watch the game. I haven't gone back and watched it. I haven't been home long enough to do that. But apparently, like, it was just a really bad showing for what's already been a really bad year officiating-wise. And, uh, you know, I I don't know what happened there, but there's a lot of people talking about it. So it felt like a good place to start. Yeah, I, I like I said, I didn't watch the game because I typically do not stay. Like, I, that game wasn't even played, but I guess I typically leave spark stuff more to you just instinctually. But, uh, yeah, it seemed like it had everyone in an uproar. So that's that's interesting to see how that went. I, 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 you're right. It is the rare Sparks win. And it's, I was ho- like, nothing against you, but I was kind of hoping they would lose. So I'm, I'm just ready to start writing teams off. I hate that it's just no, the theme no. that are written off. Well, it's crazy, Corey. Is that I wanted them to lose? Well, yeah. I mean, you said you took a mental health day from them. I don't think that's just because you know you needed a, a break. I think you're probably ready for this nightmare of a season to be over. It's gone well, as messy well, as it could be. Well, my thing is right. Like I've already pretty much just chalked up the playoffs for LA. Sure. I sure. pretty much just accept they're not going to make it. But the win kind of keeps them in the picture, and I'm just like. Now you're going to get my hopes up. Well, now they I'm play gonna... Connecticut two out of the next. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Don't remind me. Please don't remind me. <laughs> I can't There's... imagine that's a matchup that goes well. Like, I'm not excessively confident in the way my team handles things all the time, but I like the matchup for them against the Spartans. Yeah, no, it, it's, it's, yeah, no, it's going it, to, by every stretch of the imagination, should be absolutely dominate for, uh, for your son. For sure. They lost again yesterday yeah, in Chicago. Was that was less than ideal. So we lost this. We got swept by your team this season. Chris, are you here to talk any trash about that? Or no, nope, I just love to see it. <laughs> I'm sure you do. Well, I, I'm still like I like I said last week when we talked, Chris. I'm I'm still fairly confident in where my team stands against basically everybody but your team. So ideally, I think a lot of things can say that a lot of teams. Well, yes, and I think that's what makes it so interesting, right? I think that. I would have liked to have won yesterday just to continue the tie with the Aces for the two seed. It helps that the last three games that we play are two against Bailey's Sparks, and then we play the Lynx. So there's a chance if if, if the Aces trip up at all. That's why that another three-point loss to your team hurts so bad. But, um, 
Yeah, I think it'll the be, Aces will trip. I, 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 uh, I haven't looked at who they're playing, so that's part of it, right? Let me look real quick. Because I just looked at my team. Oh, well, they play the Sky on Thursday. They play the Dream tomorrow. And then my dog forced his way into the room because he's my dog. Uh, where's the last? Oh, they then they named the season with the storm, so they certainly could. Mm-hmm. We'd have to the win thing. out. They'd have to drop two of three. So I say they go two and one. Well, that would not be good enough for me, Chris. <laughs> Possibly <laughs> one and three. Yeah, yeah. Well, either way, I, as long as we end up in the top three, I'm, I'm happy because I would like to avoid. Sh- Chicago until a possible finals, and I, I don't remember actually. I know enough about the new playoff format, but Bailey, do you remember if they're doing reseeding as it goes along, or is it just like a straight bracket? As far as I know, it's just straight bracket. That's what I thought, but I wanted to be if sure. It, so if it's a straight if it's bracket, reseeding. Then... I was just okay. saying, if it's reseeding, I overlooked that detail. Yeah, well, that's my hope, but right? I, I, I can avoid Chicago that. until the finals if, if it comes to that. It doesn't matter. You can't Listen, avoid them. Well, no, no, I, I understand. But I would be much happier <laughs> if my team wins two playoff series as opposed to one as my points. That's fair. That's fair. I don't know. I just feel like uh, – never mind. I, I don't know. I just feel like a loss is a loss regardless. For you're not me, winning sure, at all. Sure. You're not winning nothing. That, I agree completely. But I also don't, like, subscribe to that mentality. Like, it's kind of – I do and don't simultaneously, so it's weird. I think for the five teams that are the top five seeds in the in the league this year, though, that is the mentality, right? Because all of them are championship level teams, and if they don't win, that's that's a disappointment. Not, that necessarily shouldn't always be the case, but I think this is a special scenario where, from six down, they're just kind of happy to be there, and from five, you know what I mean. Like I mean, if if the Dream make the yeah. playoff. That's a celebration. If the Liberty find their way back in, that's a big deal. If your sports get in there, I mean, you wouldn't be celebrating given what you just said, but that I don't know. Maybe I would be because you know who doesn't have their first round pick this year? The the LA Sparks. Exactly. And I mean, now that with the news we got today, I think Phoenix is going to make it. And I don't know if that's they're happy to be there, but you know, that's still like they they were kind of a train wreck all year. But I mean, I think we would trust. Skyler Diggins Smith to maybe steal a game or two. You never know. And then all of a sudden, not in the first round, I guess, because they'd be the eighth seed. Never mind. I take back what I said. They'd get murked by the sky. But what can you do? Uh, get it murked. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yes, I alluded to it. Diana Taurasi is out the rest of the year. Um, I, I, I guess we're, I, the fact that they did not say this is it makes me think that uh, she is coming back for one more season. Fortunately or unfortunately, I'll let you be the decider. I know how Bailey feels about that. Um, Chris, I'll ask you, because we kind of talked about this last week with the Wings, where I felt like we were completely vindicated where they they then came out and won that night and then looked like they were going to lose as soon as Arike came back. Are the Phoenix Mercury better without Diana Taurasi at this point? Yeah. uh, Yeah, they're better without DT. The Wings are better without Arike. I mean, it is what it is. It's really that simple. Like, the ball flows better. People play better. It feels like more like a team. It's like, I hate 
when you know athletes whether they're my goat or not go out <laughs> go out like that but I mean Phoenix is way better I think in it like and it's the exact same thing that I felt whenever I was watching um Arika like Dallas the other day whenever Arika was out they're also just more fun right like I it was a game where T was going off and uh Ty Harris had a big game and I just feel like it was and maybe I I don't want to say that it's like reading too much into it because I believe it was against the Aces right and it was like so it's not even like you're seeing this happen against some of the lower the lower tier teams in the league you're seeing when everything is clicking correctly for this team there's something there and it's crazy that I was so I was I, I was actually listening with the sound on for once and the broadcaster said that how impressive is this that Dallas is doing this without their top two players and I was like top top two who oh yeah Satu Sabli just doesn't play anymore so it's I I've almost forgotten about her at this point because of, of all the myriad of issues she's dealt with and I like I don't want to say they don't miss her because I do think if she's ever able to be healthy she is still a pretty a very special player but I started to kind of see the vision a little bit more for what Dallas is going for if they don't have Arike. I don't know why you would build a team that is better whenever your, your best player theoretically is not there. And I don't know why you're already saying that you're going to move on from Alicia Gray after this season, where I think that she is like the way the team flows with her and Mabry and, and, and Ty Harris and, and, and everybody else, like whenever they're actually making the ball move, I think it just makes a lot more sense. You saw Tierra McCowan win conference player of the week this week on, in a week that, Arike played, I think, one game. I'm not going to say that those things are directly correlated, but I do think that having somebody that is looking for a big, the way that the team did this past week really goes to show that there is something that can work. I I do think that I'm surprised at this point that Dallas is a a 500 team. I did not see that for them this season. Will they finish 500? I don't know. But, like, I think that, like we were talking about last week, Chris, I think that it's just, it's clear at this point. I don't think that having the selfish gunner type player is necessarily the best way to go to winning formula right now. It's absolutely not. Like, I think Dallas' problem is, one, they obviously try to run the ball through Enrique and let her do whatever she wants. But their second problem is, for some reason, it definitely starts with Vicky Johnson. Um, They go away from what doesn't work. Like, Tierra McCowan has been the play of the week I don't know how many times now and then you don't go inside like you go away from it like I don't understand <laughs> so Arike or not like Vicky has always been a problem to me <laughs> yeah for sure and like but it, like so I don't even know what it is because like Kayla Thornton had a better week this week or there's times earlier in the series in the season or uh like just even not even like a consistent thing but every once in a while you see a ton of Izzy Harrison time and I think everyone thinks that Izzy's very good and she just can't get run. And is that that was even before McCowan was starting. So it's just everything about this team is remaining weird. And I don't know how I ended up with talking about the Diana Taurasi news, getting into trashing the Dallas Wings, but it's just it's it's what our pod has become known for at this point, at least with us. That's our favorite topic. So yes. um Weird team that I think is almost certainly going to be my team's first round matchup. So I made the joke last week that I don't like to watch the wings if I can help it, but it's going to turn out that I have to watch them because that's who my team's going to be playing. Yeah. Um, if I want to win, I want Arike to be playing. If I want to enjoy the series, I 
I don't want her to be out, but here we are. <laughs> it's crazy you're talking about a max contract player like that, but I agree. I mean, I, not all max contracts are created equal. Sometimes they just go to the player that demands it, not the player that deserves it. Hey, man, look. I, I've i often joked that Duana Bonner was the worst max contract in the league, but not anymore. Well, good job, son. You have that on your on your resume. You don't have the worst max contract anymore. Yeah, that Arike deal is bad. And I got it. I got to say, I enjoyed earlier in the week when I think it was M. Adler posted that video of Rike hoisting up that corner yeah. three with 17 seconds on the shot clock. Fire up the backwood, man. That was that was great. It was it was how we it was when we were joking that of course they're they're the wings are going to look like a really competent team. They're going to be winning three in a row, beating the sky and, and the aces. And then Rike's yeah. first game back, they're going to lose. They're going to help the Fever break their 15 game losing streak, and they almost did. They weren't they down like twenty points. Oh yeah, I would have. I would have. This whole this whole podcast would have just been the player haters ball of just toasting Arike Gumbawale, which I'm kind of turning it into anyway. But oh man, I digress. And people, oh gosh, I don't know. I feel bad about like hating on a player so much, so specifically, but it's really just the style of play, though, right? Like I actually don't have right. It's not a personal issue. I don't care. Like she seems like a nice enough person, other than the fact that she kicked the ball into the stands and, and kicked that sign and threw a water bottle. But, like, other than that, she seems like a perfectly nice play- person. Well, well what I, I was telling my dad, he went to the Wings game with me when they were in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. That's who we went to see play. And I was explaining to him, like, outside of the court, Orike is a great person. Mm-hmm. Like, working with kids, working with different organizations, like, he's a great person. But on that court, I don't want it. I don't it's not my it. style player. It just never happened. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. She's like, if you, I'm trying to think of a comparison. It's like James Harden without the playmaking and without the efficiency. Because if nothing else, yes, like, yeah, yeah. Well, and that's we can address this too. Because like this is news, but not like huge news. But I think it's huge news, and 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 made me rethink a lot of things, both this year and kind of bigger projects. WNBA teams, the all NBA, all WNBA teams went positionless. They announced that last week, and they gave us the schedule for when an awards were going to be announced. And my favorite thing about this was, when it comes to picking the fourth guard, I was I felt like there was going to be a lot of trouble, and there was a chance that Arike was going to sneak in, not necessarily because she deserved it, but because the fourth guard was a, a weird position. Right now, I don't have to do that. I don't have to sit there and not that I have a ballot, but I will be writing a ballot because you know I like putting my thoughts out there for posterity's sake. I was so afraid someone like Arike Gumbawa was going to make all WNBA and it was going to just throw off what this – because I, I want that to be a representation of this season, and I don't think that would have been correct. You know what I mean? Do you think she's going to make it anyway? No. No, I don't think so. I think these teams will be very heavy with forwards, and there might be – I mean, depending on how you define center, there might be one. And there'll Who's be the one? one? Do you think Candace Parker's a center? No. She's on the ballot. She's of like the the three like per, like premier bigs, right? Whenever it comes to not bigs, but Stewie, Asia, and Candace, who I think are most for the for the majority of the season have been like the top three MVP discussions, right? Um, Candace is the only one that you can put at either position. 
I mean, I get putting her in either position, but I still view her as a forward. For the sky, more often than not, I view uh, Emma Meesman more as a center. I do too. But when, so whenever I, I had started doing my ballot before they made the news, and I think Candace was my first team center because that was the only way to really, for me, give the accurate representation of what this season has been. Yeah, but I follow that, you. I, that, I just, to me, she's uh, more of a forward. I still I agree. Her as a, well, who do you think is the best center in the league right now? Off the top of my head, I'm still probably going to say Sill. I agree, and we'll get into more on Sill with a minute. Do you think Sill has been an all WNBA level player this year? I don't think she's been a top ten player in the league this season. I think it's close, but there's only two all W teams, right? Correct. If there were three, I'd put her on third, but I don't think Absolutely. she'll get two. I think yeah. she's borderline second, and I don't think she'll get it. And now that they've eliminated the positions, I, I think that she certainly won't because she was yeah. going to make it for me before when I had to pick two centers because she might be the best center. And, like, it's it's that's kind of why I was so happy that we were going positionless, right? Because mm-hmm. I love Syl, and I think that she obviously deserves a ton more respect and adulation, which is what we're going to get into. But – there's still a line where I don't like have to like it, we've joked enough this year. And again, this next topic, we'll be talking about how she's probably got too much, not to her own debt. Like not, I don't think it's her fault. Subert has gotten pr- plenty of accolades this year. I don't think she's a, a, an all WNBA level guard. I think that that's okay to admit that. You know what I mean? Like she's not Bailey, obviously. I'm, I'm, but like she was an all-star is my point. She I'm was, looking like, at you. I'm just looking up. I'm yeah. Yeah. Your expression changed enough. Like don't say that. Um, but yeah. So the article came out t- today, I believe, that kind of like took over W Twitter for a minute whenever So was talking about how um, it's frustrating that she does not get the attention and the, and, and the flowers necessarily that um, someone like a Subert is getting when they're both historical greats in the game. Right. Uh, well, I mean, they were both W25. I'd, I'd imagine that there's a very solid chance that they will be in those W teams going forward, even if it's not like the MMBA where they just keep all of the legacy members and add on. I think that they both have an argument for that, but only one is getting celebrated every single stop publicly. And I don't think that's necessarily on Sue or the storm. I think that the storm is doing right by their legendary player. I don't know if it's on the links. I haven't looked enough into that. I do think it's on the league that really the only thing we've gotten from the league this year is when the day that they announced the all-star starters, we got on Rary captain and that was it. And uh-huh. Sill's an absolute legend. And I don't understand why it's not being treated as such. And neither does she. And I, well, let me rephrase. I think I do know why it's being treated as such. I think all of us here know why it's being treated as such. Um, frustrating to say the least. She deserves better, much better. What are, and I'm going to Chris as awkwardly as it seems, because I, I'm not because of the basis of this conversation, but because I've kicked the Bailey to start off every conversation. But Chris, I also think you can speak to this better than I can. How do yeah. you feel about all of this nonsense and how Syl is being treated? It makes me mad to talk about it. But at the same time, it's like, if she's, like, she's gotten to the point where she's not even mad, like, because she's used to it, which is crazy. And it is on the league. Like, it's not really on anybody else but the league and the people who make up the league, people who are at the top. Because it's like, this is not even, like, about SEAL. Like, the league has a problem of recognizing a lot of Black legends. Like, it's not just about SEAL. And just, like, what she's done. Like, literally every time 
like you're watching the game and they talk about um like Sue being the all-time assist leader Seal being the all-time rebound um Diane Taurasi being the all-time like points like you're doing that but is that enough no like to give her some little flowers at the beginning of the game like she is an absolute legend and she's not being treated like it but and it's sad because she's used to it yeah I don't it's frustrating that she's gotten to a place where she is used to it and I understand why she has but that's and like I you you could make the argument right if, if you're trying to give the league the benefit of the doubt which I'm not I will immediately tear this down bear with me that well, yes, we're celebrating Sue, and it's easier to celebrate Sue because she's on a team that is contending for a title. She, it's easier to feature the Storm doing things in a more prominent position because they have a potential MVP candidate on their team, and um, we're able to feature that directly all the time. And the links have been bad basically all year, right? Um, Sil was an Sil was absolutely an All Star. Like I think, like we we talked about this a lot at All Star where. Sue would have had a, a conversation for All-Star, but for many people, she may not have made it. The fans voted her in, whatever. Um, I, I Like I just said, we're not talking about Sue as a potential to all-WNBA level player. Sue's still in that conversation. Sue was Defensive Player of the Year last year. Like, she is still an elite player, and, and she's at that retirement age. Same with Candace Parker, who has not announced it yet, but there's been the allusions to that all year. And I, I just... The fact that you have someone who's still playing it, not their peak, but pretty close and, and is a legend of your game. I don't understand how tough it is to actually celebrate what that is. And they will make excuses. And the, those who know will know that it is absolutely because they struggle to celebrate white women. Or sorry, they, str- they, they struggle with over-celebrating white women and struggle to celebrate uh, the black women that make this sport great at times. Um, and... I, like, I don't want to shift the focus of it, but I do want to get your opinion on it. I know that it's a common question for those who are not fans of University of Connecticut. Do you think that has something to do with it as well, since Sill is not from you? Do you think it's all just race, or do you think it's the UConn monopoly on things? I don't really. I mean, yes, it plays a part, but that really doesn't play a big part for me. Like, yes, UConn is on TV all the time. Like, that's what we talk about. Well, I more just meant, not to cut you off, but I more just meant how, like, we've talked before with the Ryan Rucos of the world or the uh, Rebecca Lobos of the world, where a lot of the media personalities are also from there. So if, if a lot, it's not even just that that team is on, but I think a lot of the people that have risen to levels of power in terms of promoting the W are, are pro UConn. Again, I don't think that's, the biggest reason i do think it is the big the bigger issue but i did oh yeah that's a that's a great point out but at the same time it's like that's why there's a need for more black media black photographers black writers just black (laughs) everything like this this league is black women and black athletes yes no absolutely i agree like like i said i wasn't trying to change the topic on that at all i just it was something that came to mind while talking about it, but at the end of the day, the league just has to be better. It's not that tough to celebrate the the grades of the game that have literally made, like, no, I'm not saying Sill has made each of us fans, but I'm a huge fan of Sill, and it does boil down to the greater point of 
like I'm a fan of the game because of all of the players, not just because of Subert or Diana Taurasi or, you know what I mean? Like are oftentimes in spite of players like that. So yeah, I just, it's, it's very, it's, it's frustrating. And I, I stand with Sal. I, I do wish that she was getting more of a celebration for her final run. So on that, I think it was cool that Fee came back. Did you see, I don't know that either of you saw the, the mention of Fee was ready to come back and still didn't want her to come back because she didn't want it to be unsafe for her. Uh, I thought that was kind of funny. I, I do think it's pretty cool that Fee came back pretty obviously physically astonishing that still, or sorry, that Fee was able to come back less than three months after giving birth. Yeah. Um, just neat. I think it's cool for them. And I hope that they actually have a nice big moment in their final game of the season. I know they're technically still not eliminated from playoff contention, but I, I don't think either of us assume they will make it there. But yeah, Bailey, any other? I, Go ahead. I feel like they would have to not lose a game. And like most of the other teams would have to lose every game. Or not every, but a decent chunk. Yeah, because I don't think their schedule gives them a lot of leeway to jump. No, it really doesn't. All right, well, that will do it for this episode. We will be back later in the week. Um, by the time we come back, it'll we'll be nearing the weekend. We're basically, I think every team plays on Sunday to round out the season, and I think there's like three games on Saturday. So by the time we come back later in the week, we'll be, I assume somebody else will be eliminated by then or we'll be a little bit more clear where things stand at that point. But it'll be nice to kind of do a final touch base and, and figure out where we're headed after the playoffs. Um, you can follow me at PolyToadHoops OP. You can find Bailey at Sir underscore Richmond 20 and Carissa at Carissa Engram. Uh, please like, subscribe, rate, and review this podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, you can also follow at Outlet Pass BB for all of our written coverage on, on both the MNBA and WNBA. And with that, we will catch you next time on Rebel Edition. <laughs>